This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Sports trivia for those of us who rode the pine. I'll be your host today, Mason. Today's game will be pitting the Benchwarmer team of Ede and Josh versus Benchwarmer Walling and returning player and assistant coach Matt Coleman. First off, welcome back to the bench. Um, congratulations on being the BTP March Madness winner. Uh, I will say that my girlfriend and I got last and second to last, so definitely uh, congratulate you on that. Uh, so why don't you take a minute to remind us of where you're from, teams you root for, anything else you'd like to share? Sure. My name is Matt Coleman. I'm from Wichita, Kansas. Root for most of the local teams around here and would just like to thank everybody else on the bench for not picking Baylor so that I could still win the uh, March Madness. So I love everybody's lack of faith in Baylor, even though they were obviously the best team in the country and it wasn't really close. So, but yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Gonzaga story was just two, two, finally a year. We might be able to, to see them win one, but you are definitely right. They got a boat raced. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that was probably the most impressive national championship performance, I mean, in memory that I can even think of. They just, they would beat anybody that night. All right. And uh, Wally, how are you doing today? I'm good. My bracket, significantly less impressive. Um, I will say my bracket also filled out by my seven-year-old. So she picked states that she liked, um, which meant we had a lot of Missouri teams and a lot of Texas teams. Um, but unfortunately, uh, she did not pick uh, Mizzou was unable to to take it through to the finish line uh poor kid she'll learn one day that that'll never happen um but yeah hey it is master's week and it is wonderful and it is raining outside so I get to stay inside and watch masters all day and because of that we and because we do this every Saturday um we have decided to go with the team name of a tradition just like many others all right Thanks, and uh, we'll go ahead and go over to Ed. How are you doing? Pass. Can I pass? It's too soon to pass. No. Yeah, I'll go to Josh if you want. <laughs> you just, just pass it up. All right, Josh, how are you doing? Uh, you know, I'm I'm doing fine. I uh, I finished second in the VTP uh, March Madness. Um, it all came down to the Baylor Houston game where I had Houston winning and Matt had Baylor winning. Uh, much better choice there um, but hey i still got to hold on to second place because once again nobody picked bailing so thanks for that and uh you know i felt pretty good considering i had watched like a total of maybe five minutes of college basketball the whole season so yeah it turned out all right hold, hold on hold on a minute that was the basketball tournament bracket that's why i did so bad <laughs> never mind thought it was women's polo i was really hoping i'm surprised you follow women's polo I, I didn't. That's why I did so poorly. <laughs> What's your team name for today? Uh, our team name today is um, I'm, I've been a lack of sleep for a month now, and I'm just going to use this time to, to nap. So our team name today is I'm going to use this time to nap. It's all you, Josh. Uh -oh. <laughs> like ring a bell if a hockey question comes up. I'll pop my head up. There, there might be a couple of those in there. You'll see. Um, but so we have a, a tradition just like many others versus I'm going to use this time to nap. I'll be shortening those throughout the game, I promise you. Um, but let's go ahead and kick it over to Dan to read us the rules. We will be starting off with the tailgate to warm up the teams. 
This will be followed by four quarters of play, each with a different trivia style. The styles of quarters one through three will change from show to show, and I will explain them as we go along. Like any good sporting event, we will have a halftime show after the second quarter with entertainment questions pertaining to sports. And in the fourth quarter, our teams will wager from the points they've accumulated to see who are today's clipboard captains to be honored like the true benchwarmers they are. All right, let's get this game underway. Sounded well-rested. Very jealous of that. Yeah, unlike you. Unlike you. 3 a.m. I've been up. 3 a.m. I got to watch. I got to watch some some footy. That's the only benefit of being up at three a.m. All right. So it is time for the tailgate, consisting of three warm questions worth ten points apiece. Um, this was partly inspired by Matt from literally last night. Um, I will give you a league and a decade, and I want you to tell me the team that won their only two championships in that decade. Uh, so question one: NBA nineteen nineties. You can check in. Tradition, just like many others, checked in. I'm going to use this time to nap. Go ahead and talk it out. These are going to be this easy. I might stay awake, but. Well, it's the tailgate, so. Oh, all right. Never mind. I'm going to see myself to the door. Yeah, we checked in with the Rockets also, or the Rockets. Sorry. I'm assuming also. (laughs) We'll we'll find out in just a moment. Tradition, just like many others. What was your answer? Yeah, we, uh, that's very presumptive of you, but we also checked in with the Rockets. (laughs) And uh, both teams are starting off with points. Correct answer is the Houston Rockets winning in 1994-95, um, making it to two other finals in 81 and 86. All right, question number two in the tailgate. Your league is Major League Baseball, and the decade is also the 1990s. All right, we can check in. Tradition, just like many others, checked in. Going to use this time to nap. Talk it out. Is it the Blue Jays? Braves were when. They won one, didn't they? Only one? They went to a bunch, but I think they only... I mean, have the Blue Jays won any others besides 92 and 93? Probably not. I don't don't think they have. Good point. Yeah, let's go with it. Okay, we're going to check in with the Toronto Blue Jays. Okay, and tradition just like many others, what'd you check in with? Yeah, we thought the same thing. Uh, We went with the Toronto Blue Jays. And both teams are correct. The Blue Jays winning in 92 and 93. Only two times they've actually won the pennant. All right, last question of a tailgate. Your league is the NHL, and your decade is the 2010s. Ding, 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 ding. There's your bell. We're checked in. Tradition, just like many others, checked in. Time to nap. Talk it out. It's that's why am I drawing a blank? Because you haven't slept. It's hockey, though. It's it's just you could do it in a sleep. Normally, the 10. So that would be 2010 to 2019. That's the Kings, right? Yeah. Because it's Pittsburgh, Blackhawks, Boston, Blackhawks, Blackhawks, Pittsburgh, Boston. Yeah. So it's the Kings. We'll check in with the Kings. Tradition, just like many others, what was your answer? We also checked in with the Kings. And both teams are correct for the third time in tailgate. It is the LA Kings winning the 2011 2012 season and the 2013 2014 season, making it only one other time to the Stanley Cup finals. So after the tailgate, we have both teams knotted up at 30 points. Before we get to the first quarter, we wanted to let you know that we are on Patreon if you'd be interested in supporting us financially. Your contributions will be used to help us cover the costs that it takes to bring you the high-quality sports trivia you have come to expect from us. 
There's also some great perks that come with the Patreon membership to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, including bonus episodes and Benchwarmers swag. You can find us at patreon.com slash benchwarmersTP. Thanks. Today's first quarter will be pre and post game. Pre and post game. For this quarter, there will be five before and after style questions. For example, if I said, what all-time leader in receptions for the Indianapolis Colts was a Notre Dame safety drafted by the Minnesota Vikings? The answer would be Marvin Harrison Smith. Each question is worth 20 points. Question one of pre and post game. What Michigan running back drafted eighth overall in 1996 is a boxer with a 55-1-2 record whose nickname and most well-known first name means cinnamon. Okay, we can check in. Tradition, just like many others, checked in. Time to nap. Go ahead and discuss. Is that done? Because it's uh, Spanish for cinnamon is Canelo or Canelo. Yep, Canelo Alvarez is a boxer. All right, so it's definitely Tim Biakabatuka. So then Tim Biakabatuka, Canelo Alvarez. Checking in with that. Okay, Tradition, just like many others, what you got? Yeah, I had the boxer first. Um, was Canelo or Saul Canelo Alvarez, and then started trying to think of names that ended like that. And I'm like, oh wait a minute, Tim Biakabatuka. That's it. So Tim Biakabatuka Canelo Alvarez. And both teams are correct. It is Tim Biakabatuka Canelo Alvarez. Um, so yeah, uh, Biakabatuka the first Zaire he ended up playing the NFL. Um, and the reason Canelo got his nickname is because he has red hair, and that's kind of like a traditional nickname in Mexico is to call them Canelo. Spanish for ginger. Basically. <laughs> All right. Question number two. Who won the 1998 French Open, later becoming Rafael Nadal's coach, and was a kicker who made four Pro Bowls during his 19-year career with the Chiefs, Packers, and Vikings? All right. We'll check in. Time to nap. It's checked in. Tradition just like many others. Go ahead and discuss. Struggling with our French Open champions here. <laughs> um, so we're thinking Matt kind of came up with Jan Stenerud for the second half, and that's where we're kind of stuck. The only name that that's really popping in my head is Stefan Edberg, but that doesn't fit anything. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm getting there. I'm just completely drawing blanks. I'm just – I'm trying to think. There, I feel like there's a hard-serving player. He was out of Europe somewhere, and he won – a couple of the hardcore titles or the clay titles at the end of the nineties for the life of me, I just cannot put his name together. The well is dry for, for tennis names right now. Um, I know, I know this name. Uh, is there like a, a Gustav or something like that? Or for some reason I feel like the first name is a G name, but I just, it's not coming to me. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's going to come to me. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm not pulling it anywhere, so I guess we we can just check in with a joke answer. Okay. How about how about this? Um, we'll have a combination of the best manager from the Major League Series and Jan Stenerud. We'll check in with Gus Cantrelli on Stenerud. Like it. Time and out. What you got? Uh, yeah, I was pretty quick uh, on the Jan Stenerud, um, just from the the three teams, and then Eric was like, you know. Coach 
Nadal, probably a Spanish guy. And I was like, yeah, probably. I said, probably ends in Ya, his last name. And Eric, you know, went into his little catalog. He's like, there was a Carlos from the late 90s. And then he sent Carlos Moya, question mark. And I said, sure, question mark. And he was pretty sure that's a name he remembered hearing. So I don't ever question when Eric pulls a name. So we are checking in with Carlos Moyan Stenerud. One team is getting points. The correct answer is Carlos Moyan Stenerud. Um, so Moya was briefly number one uh, in 1999. And this the 98 French Open was his only Grand Slam title. He made the finals, I think, in the 97 Australian Open, but didn't end up winning it. Um, and then Jan Senerud being the first Norwegian player and the first exclusive play kicker in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Question number three, pre and post game. What main black bear who played one game for the Bruins in 2006 before signing with Colorado for two seasons and who might arguably be more well known for his visage is the Blue Jay outfielder who won his first silver slugger in 2020? Uh... I'm going to give you a Masonism here. That's a name. Warms my heart to see someone else use it. It's a name from the Blue Jays. That's better than I have. So we're checking two boxes. It is a person okay. and it's on the Blue Jays. Is that person an outfielder? Do you know? Yes. Only reason I know that is because of our fantasy baseball drift um, on Monday. Awesome. Okay. So work with that then and come up with a name that has a last name that ties into that. Oh my God! Never mind. You got it. I hate you, Mason. <laughs> I love you too, Ed. <laughs> you can check in. Time and app has checked in with Ed hating me very much. So tradition, just like many others, go ahead and talk it out. We got a list of Blue Jays. Now we just got to find the first half of it and then make it fit one of those names. Right. I do kind of agree with you. I th- I don't know that that, that it is. The Avalanche. She does just say Colorado. Right. Signing with Colorado for two seasons. Better known for his looks. <laughs> he is still shaking his head at me. <sighs> you are tired, aren't you? <laughs> He's taking it out on me. It should not have taken me that long. Oh my god. I'm surprised it did, but I'm not going to say any more about it. <laughs> So going to the Blue Jays, we've got Rowdy Tellez, Vlad Guerrero, Kevin Biggio, Bo Bichette, Lourdes Gurriel, who all I think two of those are outfielders. Um, Vlad could be it, um, but he plays first now. Right. Biggio's a middle infielder. Bichette's a shortstop. So I think Tellez is the maybe DH slash outfielder. And then you got Gurriel. Who, and then there's also T. Oscar Hernandez. Okay. So we could have a T or something that is a T. Yeah, that would be a good one. How many sons of former players do the Blue Jays have? They have a lot of yeah. sons of former players on their team. <laughs> My word, you're listing these out. I'm like, yeah, jeez, at least three, and that's a lot for one team. Yeah, and they're like two, three, and five hitters on the team too. Yeah. So it's like I got to see them all here in Buffalo for a good season and a half before hmm. they moved. Moved to Florida, sunnier. No, no. Before they got called, they got called up real quick. Guerrero wasn't here. Oh, long. That's right. yeah. Biggio wasn't here long. No, and the Blue Jays are coming back here apparently too. So I might actually see my first Major League Baseball game in person in Buffalo. We've we've been 
thrown some stuff back and forth. We've kind of, and we just can't, just can't come up with that um, with the first half that'll get. Let me stop you guys for a second. I don't think you guys could get it, to be honest. Okay. I don't think it's it's not. All right. Well, then I like. I don't know if I should preserve this, but I'm gonna burn it anyway. Uh, we went with a Colorado guy who kind of had a mean mug. Um, and a outfielder that we were pretty sure is on the Blue Jays. So we went with Dante Bichette, Oscar Hernandez. And uh, I think Eads a little upset at me, so I'll go ahead and let him explain what they had for an answer. I don't know if I'm upset with you as now that I think about it as much as I am with myself. Um, but if you guys, anybody's listened to the, um, was it a Patreon bonus? Yes, the Movember. Yeah. He was in the brackets for the greatest facial hair ever. And I feel like he was underseeded. I just, and I even made the seeds. I don't know why I put him so low, <laughs> but we checked in with uh, the greatest mustache in Colorado avalanche history, Ben Gite Oscar Hernandez. One team is getting points. The correct answer is Ben Gite Oscar Hernandez. Um, but yeah. He's currently an assistant coach for the main black bears hockey team. Um, yeah, and you played one game for the Bruins and then stayed a couple years in Colorado that much. All right, we'll move on to fourth pre and post game. What pitcher made his debut with the Pirates in 2000s and in 2005 with covering the bases and was the Dutch footballer that won three Ballon d'Ors in the 1970s and who helped popularize total football? And just so you know, the formatting didn't change. Covering the bases is italicized. Okay, we can check in. Tradition, just like many others, checked in. Time and out. Go ahead and discuss. Okay, so that the first part, the only reason I even have a name is because of the game I wrote for Ryan Myers. So Bronson Arroyo started with the Pirates because he wore 69 for the Pirates. That was around 2000. And if he made his debut with covering the bases in italics, that could be in his first song because his band is the Bronson Arroyo Band. Okay. So my guess would be the first half is Bronson Arroyo. So then a Dutch footballer from the 70s? Starts with Yo or Royo. Johan Cruyff? Sure. He's an, he's, an, he's, an, he's an old Dutch footballer. And it fits. Go with it. All right. We're going to go with uh, Bronson Arroyo Han Cruyff. Okay. Tradition, just like many others, we would check in with. Yeah. Um, I came in at the opposite way. Um, there's when you talk Dutch footballers from the seventies, there's only one name and it's Johan Cruyff. I put that into the chat and Matt came up with Bronson Arroyo. So we came up with Bronson Arroyo, Johan Cruyff. Both teams are getting points. That is the correct answer. Yeah. So he debuted with pirates in two thousands, made his only all-star appearance in 2006 and had a gold glove in 2010. Um, and Johan Cruyff, managed Ajax and Barcelona after playing. Um, that's the two teams that he actually scored the most goals with. Um, and he kind of helped popularize total football as well as the move called the Cruyff turn. Okay, last pre and post game. What big man drafted out of NC State in 1983 that began and ended his career with the same Midwest division team is the British golfer who never won a major but became the world number one in 2010 and was the runner-up in the 2021 Players' Championship. We're checked in. Tradition, just like many others, checked in. I'm going to use this time to nap. Go ahead and talk it out. So, if we're correct, we're thinking the big man is Thurl Bailey. So then, um, now we're looking for a golfer. 
who was number one in 2010 without winning a major. Was a runner up at the 2021. So he's still playing. Is Lee Westwood still playing? Yeah, he just hit a home run. Or no, that was Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah, he just oh, hit geez. a home run. No, uh, hole in one. Uh, that was okay. Tommy Fleetwood. Um, I mean, that's that just off of the Bailey. Let's go with it. Okay, so we're going to check in with Thurl Bailey Westwood. Tradition, just like many others. What you got? Um, so we went with the only player we can name off of that NC State team who I think scored the winning basket in the championship game. We went with Lorenzo Charles. And then for the golfer, we went with the only person we can think of whose name really sounded British, so we hope he is. We went with Lorenzo Charles Hal III. One team is getting points. The correct answer is Thurl Bailey Westwood. Um, yeah, so he's nicknamed the Big T, played for the Jazz, Timberwolves, then played five years overseas, and then came back in 1999 to play with the Jazz. And uh, Lee Westwood got cut from the Masters. It just happened. He was five over, did make the cut. Um, but he's, I think he's like top 20 right now in the PGA Tour standing. So still a pretty good golfer, but fortunately didn't make it. After the first quarter, we have scores of a tradition just like many others with 70, and I'm going to use this time to nap with 130. We're going to move into today's second quarter, which will be The Missing Link. The Missing Link. This quarter will consist of five questions with theme-linked answers. The teams will attempt to answer the questions and guess the theme. Each question is worth 20 points. If a team checks in first via chat to the host with the correct theme before the fifth question, they will earn 100 points. The other team can still earn 50 points with the correct theme guess. If neither team has checked in with the correct theme before the fifth question, each team can earn 50 points with the correct answer to the theme after the fifth question. We'll start off with question one of the missing link. Who is the oldest coach to win a Division I men's basketball title at the age of 68? One year later, he retired due to health issues, and he has co- coached Division III's University of St. Joseph since 2018. Okay, we're going to check in. Tradition, just like many others, checked in. I'm going to use this time to nap. Tell us what you're thinking. Yeah, so Jim Calhoun, I know he left UConn because of health reasons. Yep. Um, as a Villanova fan, I hated him, so... There's that. Uh, his last one was 2011. Retired afterwards. So, I mean, he may have went on to a less stressful coaching job and just kind of hangs out. Yeah, it would make sense. You know, obviously took, because if we're talking like he retired around, you know, maybe after the 2012. I would think so, yeah. So he would have taken a few years to deal with some of his health stuff and then maybe thought, yeah, I can get back in on a, Less stressful division three. Yeah. And that would make him, if he was 68, less title he won. So that was probably what, 10 years ago, late 70s. I mean, I think it adds up. Yeah. That, that's as good of a answer as I could think. All right. Let's check in with uh, Jim Calhoun. Tradition, just like many others, would you check in with? Yeah, we had similar thoughts. Uh, we weren't sure if he hung around for the UConn-Kentucky championship a couple years later, but we also went with Jim Calhoun. Well, it might help to know that the University of St. Joseph is in Connecticut. Um, the correct answer is Jim Calhoun. Um, and he's actually been doing pretty well over there. Um, 
in the 2019-2020 season, his team had a 25-game win streak um, and made the postseason but lost in the first round. Move on to the second question of Missing Link. What player, the first wizard to participate in a slam dunk contest and the first to dunk three balls at one time, was traded on March 25th for Isaiah Hartenstein and two second-round picks? All right, we're going to check in. Time to nap. Checked in. Tradition, just like many others. You're free to discuss. Okay, well, I think we've settled on a time frame. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Can you remember the participants? I have not watched a slam dunk competition in quite a while. I'm just trying to name semi-current wizards. The two that I sent you are the only two that I can even think of in recent years. One of those is gone. Um, yeah, after they let, um, Birdman take 750 attempts at one dunk, uh, it kind of turned me off of the dunk contest for a little while. So they let Birdman <laughs> in the dunk contest. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first problem. Can you think of any other wizards that are current? I mean, I know John Wall was traded before this date, so it can't be him. Right. And, and I would not have been in any dunk contest maybe the skills contest but not in the dunk contest oh god so probably somebody that's been drafted in the last two years because it's never anybody who's been in the league for longer than like two or three years anymore true Um, it's not in there it's not in there okay (laughs) so uh we can check in with the guy that won i think the guy that won this year but he's definitely not a um a wizard a wizard and that's who won Anthony Simmons won. So, do you want to? I mean, do you want to check in at least with somebody who we think was a wizard recently? Sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, we can check in with Bradley Beal if you want to, since we know he's a wizard. I mean, we might as well. He could have. I mean, maybe he was in there at some point in time when he was early on. It didn't say that he participated this year. So, okay. All right. I'm cool with that. All right. Check let's check in with, with that. Check in with Bradley Beal. Okay. And uh, time to nap. What'd you check in with? Um, I he, he didn't say he was a wizard, so I'm hoping he wasn't because I know this guy was traded, um, from the Cavs to I think Denver, um, on the 25th, and that was JaVale McGee. One team's getting points, correct answer is JaVale McGee, yeah. So he wasn't a wizard when he was traded, but he ended up being the first player as a wizard, uh, to participate in the slam dunk contest. And he ended up losing to Blake Griffin in the dunk contest he participated in. So your theme-linked answers thus far are Jim Calhoun and JaVale McGee. Move on to third question. What first baseman was traded from the Red Sox to the Padres as part of the Adrian Gonzalez trade in 2010? He was traded just over a year later to the team he still plays for today. We're going to check in. Time and nap. Checked in. Tradition, just like many others. Go ahead and tell us what you're thinking. Going through the Rolodex of baseball teams and long-tenured first basemen. Really just going through the Rolodex of baseball teams. Right. I'm trying to think. So Freddie Freeman could be... I I don't remember him being traded to start off. I thought he started with Atlanta, but I'm just trying to think of decade-plus first baseman. Okay, so long tenure first baseman I can think of Miguel Cabrera, Freddie Freeman, 
Anthony Rizzo has been with the Cubs for a while. Um, uh, Hosmer was with the Royals, but he's with the Padres yeah, now, and he was a drafty from the for the Royals. So we know. Yeah, it's not him. Not it. Um, uh, Mets have Pete Alonso, so he's no. Yankees have probably somebody they just paid a bunch of money for, so that's a no. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of torn. I mean, between Rizzo and and Freeman. Um, I'm trying to think how long I think Rizzo's been there. Has he been there that long? Well, he was. He's he was there for the World Series, so that's what twenty sixteen. Sixteen. I mean, that's not very long. Sure. Um, I shouldn't have. He, he was there five years before that. Yeah, I mean, depends on if he was. If he was, I'd imagine it was as part of like a minor league system, right? Um, right. I mean, he could have been like super early in his career, which meant he was like a throwaway. Um, you know, Freeman, same thing. I just I feel like Freeman was part of a trade. I feel like Rizzo probably was part of a trade. <laughs> we, right. It's D D twelve when we need it. <laughs> Dan. Yeah, I feel like we should be able to tag in Dan just in general, right? Now. Yeah. So. Right. You try that and then and then we can see if it fits a hypothesis. Yeah, I'm comfortable with that. Okay. We're going to check in with Anthony Rizzo then. All right. Time and out. What did you check in with? Uh, I know he was part of the Gonzalez trade, and then he was later traded to the Cubs, so we checked in with uh, Anthony Rizzo. All right. So this player was traded with Casey Kelly, Raymond Fuentes, and Eric Patterson for Adrian Gonzalez, and then was later involved in a trade um, that involved a pitcher named Andrew Kashner. Um, he was traded to the Chicago Cubs and has been there ever since. The correct answer is Anthony Rizzo. So your theme like answers thus far, Jim Calhoun, Javel McGee, and Anthony Rizzo. Move on to question four. What Steelers running back was the intended target of the past that may or may not have hit Raiders safety Jack Tatum before being caught by Franco Harris for the game-winning touchdown? All right, we're going to check in. He's this time to nap. It's checked in a tradition, just like many others. Go ahead and discuss. <laughs> we uh, come to find out that um, neither of us are big on our old Steelers. Um, so fun fact, uh, we named <laughs> two of them and we knew two of them. And one of them was named in the question, maybe three of them. <laughs> and one of them was named in the question. Another one's a masked singer. Um, <laughs> or a very poor masked singer at that. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we're kind of trying to go backwards off of what we think the theme is. Um, I really have no, that's a name with that same last name. I have zero idea if that fulfills the other parts of this category. It, I mean, it is certainly a football player, I think from that era at least, but I feel like maybe that person's older. I mean, we could just go try the last name and maybe there was somebody else with that. Yep. We could do that. All right. We'll check. We can, we'll just check in with the last, we'll, we'll check in with the last name of Olson. Checking with the last name of Olson. And time to nap. What's your answer? 
I just watched the L. Davis 30 for 30, and they touched on this a little bit because L. Davis was not happy after that play. Um, no way. Apparently, all the way till the end, he wasn't terribly happy about it. Um, but I, it kind of goes with something um, with the theme that we're working towards. Um, so I won't give the first part there. Uh, but it was number 33, and his last name was Fuqua. One team is getting points. The correct answer is Frenchie Fuqua, um, who played for the Giants for one season, then played for the Steelers, and then ended his career with the New York Stars of the WFL. Um, didn't really have a notable career other than that one particular play. All right, so your theme like answers thus far are Jim Calhoun, JaVale McGee, Anthony Rizzo, and Frenchie Fuqua. All right, we're going to move into the last question. What pitcher was the youngest to ever be elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame when he received 86.87% of the votes in 1972 at the age of 36? Yep. We can check we're in. Che yeah, we're checked in. Tradition, just like many others, already checked in. Time and nap. Tell us what you got. All right. We're going we're gonna to check in with Sandy Koufax. Check in with Sandy Koufax. Tradition, just like many others, checked in fairly quickly. Go ahead and tell us your answers. Yeah, uh, we were on this pretty quickly. It um, he had to retire very young, unfortunately, but one of the greatest pitchers of all time, Sandy Koufax. Both teams are correct. Is Sandy Koufax born Sanford Braun, um, and he retired at the age of thirty-one, and still made the Hall of Fame just five years after that. So your theme link answers are Jim Calhoun, Javale McGee, Anthony Rizzo, Frenchie Fuqua, and Sandy Koufax. Both teams checked in on the third question. Um, I'm not going to tell you who just yet, but I'm going to go ahead and go over to a tradition just like many others. Go ahead and tell us what your answer was for the theme. Yeah, we um, weren't 100% sure on the first two, and then we kind of based our answer to the third one on what we, like, if it was this, then we thought the theme could be that. And when it ended up being Rizzo, we were pretty sure it was characters from Greece. All right. And time to nap. What'd you check in with for your theme? Well, you know, when Rizzo first came as an answer, I was like, Rizzo was a Muppet. Uh, but uh, pretty quickly, Eric was like, well, yes, but he pointed out that the first, that Calhoun and McGee were absolutely characters in Greece. So we also checked in with characters from Greece. Well, both teams are correct on the theme. Um, so just to kind of run through it, Coach Calhoun was in Greece. Uh, so that's why I picked a coach with the last name of Calhoun. Um, Principal McGee, Betty Rizzo, Frenchie, and Sandy Olson. So all of those are characters from Greece. The first three, the last names. I didn't get a chance to fit all of them, so I picked the first names for the last two. Um, and the team that checked in first was, I'm going to use this time to nap. So you'll be getting... The 100 points and Tristan, just like many others, is getting 50 for their theme link guess. Yeah, I was I, I, after the Rizzo question, and the next one, we didn't know the name. I'm like, if this is Kermit something, we're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for Statler and Waldorf, but after the second quarter, we have the following scores. Tradition, just like many others, is that 180, and I'm going to use this time to nap, is up to 330. So now, let's go ahead and head to halftime. 
It is now time for the Halftime Show. There will be five entertainment questions pertaining to sports, with each question worth 20 points. So I will say, um, normally I'm kind of derided for older questions, so I will tell you that all of these questions are from 2010 to now, so... Yeah, so... Look out. I know. That was right after I had kids. It's my dark period. (laughs) We'll see how you like these. I still think you're not going to like them, but we'll find out. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Okay, first question of halftime. Joe Madden made a particularly strange call on July 3rd, 2014, when he chose his first seven batters to be Desmond Jennings, Ben Zobrist, Matt Joyce, Evan Longoria, James Loney, Vincent Belnome, and Kevin Kiermeyer. What 1982 number one hit did Madden turn to as inspiration for this lineup? I, 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 don't, I don't think 1982 was after 2010, Mason. <laughs> 2014 <laughs> is. <laughs> the guy it listened to the song in 2014. <laughs> <laughs> the thing happened in 2014. It's inspired by something that happened. I, but it, it did happen from 2010 onward, so it still counts in the criteria. Actually, I think that one might be right. Yeah. Does, does, the, does that other one work? I thought it was sure of it, so I'm only sure of two. The, the first and the last one. Okay. I, I think the, the other one does fit. Okay. So let's check that in. All right. Time and app has checked in. Tradition, just like many others, go ahead and talk out what you're thinking for this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to go at it from like what position they played. It's not making any sense. I'm trying to go at it from what, like if they were left-handed or right-handed, I'm pretty sure that gets blown up right away because I think Zobrist is a switch hitter. He is. Um, he also plays like eight positions. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and then you go to songs from that time and you've got, <laughs> just started <laughs> spamming the chat with songs from the early 80s, um, like Eye of the Tiger. Um, I don't know if Hello was around that time. It's easy to get inspired by the dulcet tones of Lionel Richie. Um, I mean, they're, I mean, they're, I think they're all American. You could say born in, and it was right before July 4th. We could say born in the USA. I mean, that, it's a, about that time. Um, I kind of like that. I didn't even catch the July 3rd portion of the question. So, yeah. All right. Well, I like that. And since since, uh, it doesn't look like it's a black guy followed by a white guy followed by a black guy followed by a white guy, we're not going to go with ebony and ivory. Um, We'll go with born in the USA. Check it. All right. And uh, I'm going to use this time to nap. When did you check in with? I started going through like songs from the early 80s in my head and. I didn't think there was like a like a female version, like a female singer, like with a Mambo number no. five type song. So I think that took the first names out of it, um, which now that I said that somebody needs to write that. A little bit of Desmond. Yes, right. It just rolls off the tongue. Um, and then I started looking at numbers and then there's a song from the early 80s with numbers in it. And it's from Tommy Two Tone eight six seven five three zero nine. So we checked in with that. 
Yeah, and there were also two other clues. The word call and turn to were deliberately because it's from the song. Jenny, Jenny, who can I turn to? Mm. Um, yeah, so Desmond Jennings played center field, Zobrist at short, Joyce at left field, Longoria at third, Loney at first, Belnum was DH, so technically a zero, uh, and Kiermeyer was in right. And so if you go by their position numbers, position it, numbers. it's 8675309. And uh, as you might imagine, that strategy worked brilliantly because they lost eight to one to the Detroit Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing we didn't worry about the numbers, Josh, because we would have been away, would have turned us away from it. Because I thought it was like their actual numbers. Yeah. And when you put Longoria at five, I, I thought he was number three. You know what? Now that you say that, I think he is. But at least we were just at that point of like, yeah, if there's seven of them, seven digits. Let's go with it. Yeah. We stumbled into it. All right. So with that, we're going to move on to the, the second question of halftime. Hopefully you won't hate me for this one. The 2010 action comedy film, The Spy Next Door, features then saber Tim Connolly as a Russian thug. What actor portrayed the title figure who defeated a band of thugs in order to protect his next door neighbor, played by Amber Valletta and her children? I can, we can check in. Tradition, just like many others, checked in. Time to nap. Go ahead and talk about Tim Connolly. So what can you tell me about this movie i don't want to say this because it's going to sound bad then type it and i won't say it but uh, oh, but in that genre <laughs> yes. is it, who's the guy is jackie chan a, is it jackie you. chan oh jackie God. chan all right that's cool i can imagine what he typed in the chat no 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 actually what he typed wasn't <laughs> as bad as what i thought he was maybe gonna type uh, he could have gone any which way with I that. Just, but. I just didn't want it to come off. I just put not Bruce Lee. And yeah, I, not I was Bruce spacing Lee. on his... <laughs> so once you go not That's Bruce true, Lee, he's not. it brings me to you know, karate type you know, action. And com- obviously, this is probably a comedy-ish thing, which has to be Jackie Chan. And actually, after I was on the Hollywood cast connection, he was one of my connections. And I looked him up. And now that does completely ring a bell. So yeah. we're checking Hillary. in with Jackie Chan. Not Bruce Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan. (laughs) Tradition, just like many others, what you got? Yeah, I, I, so I can picture, I could picture the, um, the movie poster, which is him like splayed out like it's the Mission Impossible scene where he's dropped from the ceiling above Spies Next Door or the Spy Next Door. Um, and with a whopping, I looked it up with a whopping 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it was in one of those Jackie Chan vehicles, so we checked in with Jackie Chan. Both teams are correct. It is Jackie Chan. All right, question number three of halftime. Um, this was partly inspired by current events. Unfortunately, DMX has passed away, so in honor of him, we're going to have a halftime question that's somewhat related to him. What NFL quarterback quoted the chorus of DMX's Rough Riders anthem in an interview during week seven of the 2020 season, as well as Throughout the season, quoting Ricky Bobby, six foot, seven foot, nothing but a G thing, Ron Swanson, and Dwight Schrute. Do you want to go with that? Yep. All right, we'll check in. Going to use this time and app has checked in a tradition just like many others. Talk it out. Yeah, so we're going going through the starting quarterback Rolodex in our head, thinking who are the guys least likely to do this? So 
you throw out Andy Dalton or, you know, Ben Roethlisberger. Um, we kind of were settling in on a couple of different names. I think I, my thought is that they, they probably had to be good for somebody to, to play pranks or troll. You know, you don't want to be terrible and, and try to be funny at the same time. Um, so we've got Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson. The only other person I could think of that kind of pops in my head that would really make Eid mad would be Josh Allen. Um, <laughs> Borderline elite. <laughs> um, but I'm good with whatever. Yeah, I just feel like if Josh Allen had said some of these things, he would have caught headlines for the wrong reasons. Like, I just... He also wasn't alive for a couple of these, so. <laughs> Very true. Um, so if you like, if you're liking Wilson, we can go with Russell Wilson. I just feel like he's had a bad year, or I mean, not a bad year, but he's wanted out, and so I feel like he just doesn't care anymore, and has been pretty outspoken. So. Okay. Let's try it. We'll try it. We'll check in with Russ Wilson. Okay. And time to nap. What did you check in with? We had it down to Cam Newton and. Baker Mayfield. Um, Baker's a weird dude. Cam, some might say he's a weird guy. Uh, we didn't really know which way to go. Uh, then I said, Baker seems like he watches The Office. Cam might not know who Dwight Schrute is. Too worried about his hats and his clothes. Um, and then we remembered uh, he missed uh, he missed a few weeks because of COVID too, so that pushed us towards Baker. So we checked in with Baker Mayfield. One team is getting points. The correct answer is Baker Mayfield. Um, so pretty much every press conference he did throughout the year, he tried to drop some kind of pop culture reference. I don't know why, just something that he did. Um, but yeah, he ended up quoting all of those particular things throughout the year. It was a kind of a compilation of them. It was just kind of forced. It didn't really seem very natural to put them all in. Uh, didn't Cam wear later hosen? After one of the games or two one of the games, he might Probably. be a Dwight. He might be a Dwight Schrute fan. He might be, but he's too worried about his fashion to even know what the office is. I'll tweet him and ask him. Have you seen the office? <laughs> okay. Question four. In May 2020, Fox premiered a TV show called Celebrity Watch Party, where celebrities would watch TV shows and provide commentary on them. Appropriately, a sports commentator and his wife, Michelle, have been on every episode, while a former Heisman winner and his wife, Lilith, have been on nine of the 11 aired episodes. I want you to name either of these men. I'm good at that. Okay, we're going to check in. Tradition, just like many others, has checked in. Time to nap. Talk it out. Hmm. Uh, who's the big um, Fox guy? Announcer. The Buck? Joe Buck, I'm just it's an, a commentator with a wife named Michelle. Does he have a wife is named Michelle? Mich is there a Michelle Buck? I don't know. Could be. Is I mean, sports commentator for Fox. Yeah. Or I mean, I think it's a better shot of guessing a sports commentator for Fox than a, just a random Heisman Trophy winner with a wife named Lilith. I was gonna say if you didn't, if it didn't click with you on the Heisman winner named Lilith, it's a pretty. I that doesn't mean anything to me. I know Heisman winners. I don't know their wives. Um, Maybe that's a list I gotta start cracking into now. If Mason's gonna 
Uh, you know what? I, I think Joe Buck makes the most sense. Gus Johnson most... used to be on Fox. I mean, but Joe Buck is their most high profile and he was doing a bunch of, he was, he was doing commentating of other weird things during when there was no sports, like people would okay. send him clips of things and he was, uh, he was doing commentating and let's do it. So it makes sense that he would get involved with something weird like this. So Michelle Buck rolls off the tongue. It sounds okay. Yeah. So we're going to check in with Joe Buck. All right. And tradition, just like many others, what did you check in with? Jokes on you. Um, the sports commentator is Barack Obama. Um, I'm just kidding. No, yeah, they put this guy on everything. So why wouldn't they put him on Celebrity Watch Party? We went with Joe Buck. Both teams are correct. The sports commentator is Joe Buck. Um, and the former Heisman winner, whose wife is named Lilith, is Reggie Bush. Hmm. He's not He's a Heisman never, winner. He never Except won former. it. Allegedly. Former. He's right. It was formally he won it. And then, I guess, and then he I guess there was a story. Uh, <laughs> You never won it. season never happened. Fair enough. He didn't make his say, you know, name them both. So, yeah, I wasn't going to do that. I <laughs> figured know, Joe Buck was the easier of the two. Didn't if know I'm, his uh, wife's name was Lilith. And then I again, didn't f- I didn't even know Reggie Bush was married. So, I didn't yeah, know he's married. Won the Heisman. Not to go back to an old trope or anything, but I also saw Reggie Bush in a cheesecake factory one time. <laughs> was he with his wife Lilith? Uh, no, he was with his agent. His Heisman Trophy. <laughs> and his, his Phantom Heisman Trophy. It was just a picture. Carrying a picture around of the Heisman? Yeah. Nice. Keeps it in his wallet. He's like, this is what I used to be. <laughs> All right. We'll see how this last question goes, because halftime has been... <laughs> it's been rocky, to say the least. No pun intended. Um, last, last question of halftime. SB Nation writer John Boyce debuted a revolutionary series in July 2017 that detailed, as per his subtitle, what football will look like in the future through the eyes of three sentient space probes. What is the title of this work, which shares its name with the year in which most of the series takes place? We're going to check in. Tradition, just like many others, has checked in. I'm going to use this time to nap. Go ahead and discuss. Oh, I thought you were saying you were going to use this time to take a nap yourself. So, okay, sorry. I was confused. I mean, I can. It might take a while. No, it probably won't take very long. I'm sure this is, uh, yeah. So the only thing I was like with the revolutionary in quotes is like, is this a play on 1776? And Eric responded, 2776? And I mean, that's definitely in the future. Um. I got nothing else. Should we go with that? Yeah, let's go with it. All right, we're going to check in with 2776. All right. Tradition, just like many others, what did you check in with? Well, that was pretty eerie because the one thing we latched on to was the revolutionary quotes in the question. Thought maybe it had to do with that. So we also said 2776. <laughs> that, is, that is a little eerie. Yes. So it is in quotes for a reason. Um, so basically the premise of the story, it's kind of, it's a science fiction story based around football. Um, but basically what happens um, in the year 2026, everyone stops dying, aging stops, no one else is born, and just everyone is still living on Earth. Um, 
And there are these three space probes, Pioneer 9, Pioneer 10, and then another one that watch football games from outer space that people are playing, which is, it's a kind of weird premise, but it's an interesting format. Um, and the name of the work is based around 1776 because the name is 17,776. Oh. Or 17776. I don't know what the actual pronunciation of the title mm. is, but that's the correct answer. It's it's a interesting format as far as what it looks like. It's like part novel, part multimedia. So they're like videos spliced in and like pictures. It's kind of an interactive thing. Um, and they said it was released during the summer and as like a series. So like one day would come out and the next day. Um, so so, yeah. so I gotta I gotta interject here. We can finally talk about it but the perfect game was broken up by a bloop single there. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm on this team. It's bound to happen. But, uh, hey, yeah, I feel good that both teams were at least sort of on the right path. We just didn't go anywhere near far enough into the future. I'm willing to give yeah. you guys credit if you're willing to give us credit. Let's just, let's just <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not willing to give either team credit. Oh, so. uh, and I get to be the party pooper. That's all right. Now we can, you know, we can shake it off and relax for the rest yeah, of the year. You, can, all you can finally talk. You can finally talk to Eric. <laughs> I can't look at him or talk to him. So after that interesting halftime. We have scores of a tradition just like many others with 220. And I'm going to use this time to nap with 410. Now on to the second half. We'd like to take a minute to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BenchwarmersTP. We also have a Facebook group for fans of the pod called The Bench. Join us there to comment on the latest episodes and share cool sports facts and trivia. If you'd be willing to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd greatly appreciate the support so that other people may find this podcast. Thanks. In today's third quarter will be five on five. Five on five. For this quarter, there will be five categorized lists containing five items each, where each item is worth 10 points. The teams will attempt to guess as many items as they can. However, if a team has an incorrect guess, they will receive zero points for that list. So your first list is to name the host cities of the next five Olympics, summer or winter. We'll check in. Tradition, just like many others, has checked in. Time to nap. Talk it out. Okay. Pretty sure I have four. Yeah, so the, the three upcoming summer are Tokyo, Paris, and L.A. I was I'm very familiar with those from looking at this list from different questions about multiple host cities. You're right that Beijing uh, is the next, next winter. So the question is the 2026 Winter Olympics. So you said you can picture the logo and it's green, white, and red. So it's Yeah, it's got a is that somewhere in Italy? That's what I was thinking. It's it. There's like three, like, like just like pillars almost, and it's green, white, and red. And then the city name, Milano. Milan. Milan is a city. No, it's Milano. 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 Is that what they call it? Yeah, it's because it's kind of like what they did with um, Torino. 
Oh, where it's where there's it was two they kind of call it two different things, yeah. It's Turin, but then Torino is the Turino, other Torino, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I think it's Milano Cortina. Do you want to feel confident enough to add that? It's 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 in it's in Italy and it's not one of the big cities like that you would think of. Um yeah, let's let's go with it. I'm I can see it, so it's gotta be something. Okay, so you want to go all five? Yep. Okay. So we're going to go Tokyo, Paris, L.A., Beijing, and... Milano Cortina. Milano Cortina. Tradition, just like many others, what was your answer? Uh, so we were also pretty sure on the upcoming summer games being Tokyo, L.A., and Paris, and we knew Beijing. We did not know the fifth one, so we checked in with Paris, L.A., Beijing, and Tokyo. So the next five, Tokyo in 2021 for the summer, Beijing in 2022 for the winter, Paris in 2024 for summer. And the one for 2026 winter, there are two cities. Um, I would have actually been fine with either one of them. It's Milan and Cortina D'Ampezzo. And the last one in 2028 for the summer is Los Angeles. So both teams are getting their points. Nice job, Eid. Yeah, I would have been fine with just Milan. Oh, I was <laughs> Cortina Dompezzo is. Yeah, if you remember, go off. I didn't even know it was a city. To be honest, I just can picture it. Yeah, so Cortina Dompezzo is in the the Southern Alps, which is why part of it's going to be um, kind of in that region. Hopefully, okay. who knows what the hell this is? Hopefully by twenty twenty six, we'll be. Well, right, we you, can have. Oh, the next you think? Thing. You never say. <laughs> God knows what we'll be then. Aren't they doing the 2021 in Tokyo? Yeah, with no one there. <laughs> as long as the athletes are there. I don't care if there's a crowd at all. I don't either, but still, it's just... I'm sure they would like to have a crowd, happen. like family cheering them on and things like that. But By 2026, we'll have a robot crowd anyway. <laughs> robot Olympians, that would be way better. Move on to the second list. I want you to name the... Five guards that have won NBA Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs> and just to let you know, this award's been given out since the 1982-83 season. Right. So we'll, we'll check in. Uh, yeah, we'll check in. I'm going to use this time to nap. It's checked in. Tradition, just like many others, you can go ahead and talk it out. It's not James Harden. That is correct. We can eliminate <laughs> one name off of the list. Okay. All right, so let's start from there and work backwards. Um, okay, so pretty sure Jordan, pretty sure Gary Payton, pretty sure Alvin Robertson, because you said he won one for the Bucks in the 80s. Pretty sure. Uh, Alvin Robinson, sorry. Uh, Robertson. Yeah. Um, is, is it, yeah, I can't, yeah, is, yeah. It Robertson, is it Robertson or Robertson? I always get. Alvin, we'll, we'll say it in a way that it could be right either way. <laughs> okay. Um, so the question is, so I don't know if Bruce Bowen won one or if he was a guard. And then those years with the Pistons were, you know, defensive powerhouses. Those were all Ben Wallace won, like all those, all like four in a row or four out of five right. or something like that. Who's the dude that blew in LeBron's ear? Was he ever, did he ever win a DPOI? <laughs> Deshaun, uh, Deshaun Stevenson? No. No. Not that I could know. Did Jason Kidd ever win one? 
had I a don't... lot of steals, but I don't think he was a right. Well, I thought the same thing about John Stockton because he had a ton of steals, but right. I don't I mean, think that was. I mean, I think those three. That's probably as good as we're gonna get. Um, we can hold in our back pocket if any of those that we named somebody else if it was <laughs> if it was one of the ones. But I'm I'm not gonna feel any enough thunder on any of these unless you have an epiphany between now and, and check in time. Um, Is Giannis a guard? I was just thinking the same thing about Kawhi. Leonard. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing about Kawhi Leonard, but. Yeah, they're like small forwards. Right. So you want to just check in with those three? Um, yeah, let's just do those three. Okay. So we're going to check in with um, Gary Payton, Michael. I think his name's Michael Jordan. And um, Alvin Robertson. Say that last name again? Oh, you heard it. I don't need to say yeah. it again. I would like to hear it again. I think it, I think our uh, listeners would like to hear it again. My, my internet's a little sketchy, so it might it might sound. That is a true. Weird. Yeah. Okay. We'll go. It's, Albert Alvin Robertson. Sounded good on my end. So yeah, I think so we're good. Clear as day. Okay. <sighs> and uh, we'll go over to time to nap for their answers. Uh, yeah. Well, um, pretty quick. Obviously, Peyton and Jordan. Yeah, those are definites. Uh, Eric was certain that the first two were won by Sidney Moncrief. Um, just through, you know, writing games in the past, um, I had Michael Cooper, uh, he won one of those early, early ish ones and couldn't come up with the fifth, but as soon as you guys had said, Elvin Robertson, I remember seeing his name, you know, I couldn't come up with it and I wasn't going to come up with it, but, uh, so we are checking in with Gary Payton, Michael Jordan, Sidney Moncrief and Michael Cooper. Both teams are getting points. Uh, so all five answers were said. Sidney Moncrief won the first two. Alvin Robert, son, or whatever, whatever you said, uh, won in 85-86. Michael Cooper, 86-87. Jordan, 87-88. And the last guard to win it was Gary Payton in the 95-96 season. Um, there are two other individuals classified as small forwards that have won, which are Ron Artest and Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, Kawhi Leonard was one that I'd brought up too. I was like, isn't he a small forward, like by their definition? And once again, that's why we're saying is like nowadays the shooting guard and small forward are virtually interchangeable. And a lot of times guys are playing, they're like Kawhi is a shooter, right? Like I don't really think of him as a forward much, but technically by old school standards, he is. Bruce Bowen did not win one. Did not. I don't, is he a guard? I guess I always thought of him as a forward. So yeah, that that Pistons. It was Ben Wallace in 01, Ben Wallace in 02, Ron Artest in 03, then Ben Wallace in 04, and Ben Wallace in 05. Let's see here, Bruce Bowen. What do they have in class? And then Marcus Camby, in what can only be deemed the highlight of his career. Uh, yeah, Bruce Bowen is classified as a small forward. So once again. Take that for what you want. <laughs> Although I think when most of his career, I think small forwards were a little less, uh, you know, Shooty McShooterson's. I don't recall him being a big shooter. I don't think Shooty McShooterson's is a recognized position, Josh. It is. I think that's what <laughs> I think that's what Alvin Robertson played. So <laughs> he was he was oh. a Shooty McShooterson. Him and- <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, uh, I wanted to mention the guy that blew in LeBron's ears was, was Lance Stevenson. Lance Stevenson. Deshaun yeah. Stevenson. 
Uh, just wanted to put that out Thank there. you. No problem. I remember that moment. I was just like, I don't understand what's going on, but sure, go ahead see it. And it didn't work out very well for him. <laughs> so what was it? Elvin Robertinson? Is that, was that Rob, the... Robertson. Robert, no, no, Robert, Robertinson. 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 Yeah, Robert, I-N-S-O-N. Yeah. Depending on how you what, what dialect you come from, some of those letters could be um, silent. That's like a guest early that, on our podcast. It was like a Russian person. We went, oh, ski, as our guest. <laughs> And that might not be a terrible, uh, that, that's either going to make the summary or maybe the, the title of the episode. <laughs> we'll move on to list three. I want you to name the top five leaders in home runs during the 1994 strike shortened season. We are going to check in. Tradition, just like many others, checked in. Going to use this time to nap. Discuss. All right, so four of the five I know for a fact. Frank Thomas was up there. He was having an amazing year. Um, Matt Williams, I, he's just the one that sticks out because he was leading the league out of nowhere. Um, and then Bonds and Griffey were always up there. Yeah. So we need we need the fifth, and that's Bell, Bagwell, McGriff. You can even throw Canseco in there probably. Um, but of the three, just one, 100% gut, which one would you pick? Something about Bagwell is feeling better, but I that that would be the, if you made me pick one, that'd be that's the what one. I mean, yeah, that's just one nothing. Just I, that's for some reason. If I'm trying to recall back to that season, I felt like I mean, I'm guessing all these guys are probably you probably listed off the top seven or seven of the top eight, you know. But looking at those, if you want me to pick from those three, just gut, I'd say Bagwell, but I don't know if that's what you're thinking. That that's that was my gut too, so we can either go with it, go safe, and go to the four, or we can add the fifth. And um, I'm fine with the four, but if you feel good that your gut and the who guys' gut matched, we can go five. I, okay, let's so play safe as much as I don't want to. Yeah, so we're checking in with Williams, Bonds, Griffey, and Thomas. Yes. All right. Tradition, just like many others. What did you check in with? We had a very similar conversation. We have very few points at this point in time, so we had to gamble. We went with the same four that you did. Williams, Griffey, Thomas, Bagwell, and Bonds. So you checked in with five is what you're saying? Just wanted to correct. Yes, we did check in. Okay. We went with all five. Okay. All right, so let's go through them really quickly. First with 43 was Matt Williams. Then followed by Ken Griffey Jr. with 40. Jeff Bagwell, 39. Frank Thomas, 38. And Barry Bonds, 37. Um, so the next five on the list, Albert Bell, Fred McGriff, Andre Scalaraga, Jose Canseco, and Kevin Mitchell. Yeah, that was a, the last year of the Canseco Texas Rangers experiment. <laughs> How was his head? Uh, was that the year before? Explains a lot. That home run explains a lot of his Twitter posts. <laughs> Oddly enough, Eric, our gut would have got us an extra 10 points, but... See, now, now it's going to backfire because now I'm like, now I have to go for five on this next one because. <laughs> no, no, you don't. To prove a point. Yes, you do. Just to prove a point. Yep. And you got to give all wrong answers the rest of the way out to give us a shot. All right. Got That's it. True. <laughs> <laughs> if he lets me answer, there's a good shot of that. There's, there's going to be a twist. The whole fourth quarter is just Josh. So oh, no. <laughs> We're wagering zeros all the way down. Plus <laughs> <laughs> four. I want you to tell me the top five leaders in QBR for the 2020 NFL season. 
All right, we're going to check in. Going to use this time and nap has checked in a tradition just like many others can discuss. Okay, so we're pretty sure that the bane of Eric's existence was on this list, that um, <laughs> Superman Mahomes was on this list. We're pretty sure the apple of Matt's eye was on this list. So we've got Alan Rogers Mahomes. The last two, we've got about four names to pick from. So between Justin Herbert, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Clippers. And uh, Russ Wilson, yeah. But we right. think Russ, yeah, we think Russ tanked at the end. It seems weird, but the one that we were kind of both leaning towards is Fitzpatrick, who seems like the I mean, the worst quarterback out of that group, but I think he might be on that list. I thought he was having a pretty good year, and I thought I remembered hearing a stat about him doing really well, even though, you know, when they brought Tua in, he was like it statistically didn't make sense. Right. Um, well, Nothing about Ryan Fitzpatrick statistically makes sense. So, except for that beard, man, <laughs> what a piece of work! You want to just go with those four? I mean, I don't think we're going to ever get enough thunder behind another one. But both of us thought of Fitzpatrick. Both of us kind of hung on it, and that could be. I our mean, own. yeah, we got a gamble at this point, so let's just let's yeah. keep trying. So we'll go with Allen Rogers, Mahomes, and the beard himself, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Time and nap. What answers did you check in with? So it's definitely Rogers, Mahomes, Tannehill, and some douchebag. I'm spacing on his name. You already Josh, named the douchebag. Oh, I did. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. We said we said Josh Allen. You said Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Um, so yeah, it was Rogers, Mahomes, Tannehill, Allen, who's not elite, and um, and we went with Fitzpatrick also. So the top five in order: Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen, Ryan Tannehill, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. So both teams are getting their points. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because I even said the same kind of thing. Like it was kind of a surprise because Fitzpatrick had been playing really well when they made the decision to switch over to Tua. It's like, okay, well, I guess um, you know they were just trying to get in, uh, ahead of the the Fitzpatrick crumble that normally happens. They're like, oh, all right, I- normally he's around. <laughs> Right when it happens, his, his interceptions maybe... are down. He's about to go crazy with them. So right, he's, he's about out. to have his five interception game on Monday Night Football. Let's. <laughs> yeah, and and like Tannehill is always one of those who's just like sneaky on this list because he doesn't throw interceptions, but you don't ever think about him either. Usually, right. Um, and a couple other names that you mentioned: Russell Wilson is eighth, and Justin Herbert's thirteenth on the list. Was he above Burrow? Just curious. Burrow's pretty far down. Okay. Burrow's below Trubisky, Roethlisberger, Goff, just ahead of Dalton. It's the quarterback um, Mendoza line. Dalton, 25th. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there you go, Chicago. Enjoy your uh, new starting quarterback. We're, we're sorry, Andy. All right. So the last one in five on five, I want you to name the five USC running backs that have led the NCAA in rushing yards in a season. Yeah, I'm all right, all right with that. We're going to check in. All right. I'm going to use this time, and Nat has checked in a tradition just like many others. Go ahead and talk it out. Hey, how's your, USC, <laughs> how's your USC running back knowledge? I mean, I feel pretty good about a couple of the ones we came up with. I mean, I think we both agree that OJ killed it in the college game. 
<laughs> Allegedly. And in the post-college game. <laughs> he wrote a book about if he did dominate college football. Exactly. Uh, I think Marcus Allen's probably on the list. Um, I know they have a Heisman Trophy winner from back in the day whose last name is White. I think his name is Charles. Don't know his first name, but I would go with White. My guess is if you want a Heisman back then, he probably led the league, uh, the NCAA in rushing. The question then becomes, did Reggie Bush have enough rushing yards when he didn't win the Heisman uh, to qualify for this? So he was him and Lindale. Speaking of whites, Lindale and him were there at like the exact same time. Sure. I just remember Bush being like the kind of swing back throw to he. I think he definitely led in like yards from scrimmage. I don't know that he led in rushing yards. Um, just because I think Lindale White ate up some of those. I don't know. I think we don't go with Bush. I think we just check in with the other three, and hopefully, the three the three earlier Heisman Trophy winners all did lead the league. So okay, I'm good with that. Let's do it. Yeah. So we're checked in with uh, OJ Simpson, Marcus Allen, and White. Okay. Time and nap. What answers did you check in with? So our list is pretty close to being the same. Um, we went with OJ Simpson, Marcus Allen, Charles White. And this is the last one, just a guess. I'm hoping he's there. I know he won a Heisman Trophy. I know he went to USC. So kind of like uh, you guys said, if you won the Heisman Trophy, you probably led in rushing, right? So we went with uh, Garrett. Okay. So in order, uh Mike Garrett led the NCAA in rushing yards in 1965. O.J. Simpson did it in 1967 and 1968. In 1975, Ricky Bell led the NCAA in rushing yards. Charles White did in 78 and 79. And the last one to do it was Marcus Allen in 1981. Figured Ricky Bell would be the hardest one off that group. The next closest school in terms of having the most players lead the NCAA in rushing yards is Wisconsin with four. So did we both get our? Yes, both got your points. After the third quarter, we have scores of tradition, just like many others, with 410. And I'm going to use this time and app with 630. And now that brings us to the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter, known as put your fours up. This quarter consists of five categorized questions that teams will wager up to 100 points each not to exceed their current point total. And your categories for today are threes a crowd, which is in Major League Baseball, two sport athletes, which is in college football, vital information, which is about basketball, female first, which is in the NHL, and sounds like a threat, which is college basketball. It's now time for the teams to place their wagers. Now that the wagers are in, on to the questions. We will start with the first question of the fourth quarter in the category of threes a crowd. The tri-cornered baseball game was played at the Polo Grounds on June 26, 1944 as a World War II fundraiser and is the only MLB game to feature three teams playing. What three teams participated in the game? We'll uh, check in. 
I'm going to use this time to nap has checked in a tradition just like many others. Talk it out. Yeah, so the Polo Grounds was in New York, and there were three teams in New York around that time. The Giants, the Dodgers, and the Yankees. And I did the teams that popped into my head right away and made the most sense. Matt, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, those are the exact same three teams that I thought of too. I mean, unless it's like they invited the Red Sox for some other re- some reason, but I think it just makes sense to go with the three that are geographically in New York. So, yeah, I like it too. Um, and let's so we'll check in with those three: the um, New York Giants, New York Yankees, and the Brooklyn Dodgers. For how many points? For one hundred points. Okay. Time and nap. What was your answer and wager? Yeah, same logic. We figured it probably had to be the three New York teams, so we also checked in with the Dodgers, Giants, and Yankees for 100 points. Both teams will be getting 100 points. Those are the three correct answers, Dodgers, Giants, and Yankees, and that's pretty much the logic behind it. It made sense for all of them to be there. Um, So the way that it worked is that each team would have um, six innings up to bat and six innings in the field, so it worked out. Um, they kind of alternated like every three innings, you'd have a chance to hit field and then sit on the bench. And the result was that the Dodgers won five to one to zero. The Yankees got one giants got zero. Um, and the Dodgers actually didn't know that they won because they didn't have to play the ninth. So they left to go to Chicago for a double header and found out later on, they won the game. <laughs> uh, that's really clever. That's awesome. Yeah. It, I, the only reason I saw it was a video about like, about the game it was just interesting like what the format of it was and how they managed to to use that as a fundraiser yeah that's so cool the polo grounds also has my favorite dimensions of all time in baseball it's like 240 down the lines and 500 in center yeah, don't hit it to center <laughs> whatever you do don't, or if you're gonna hit it to center hit it over their head and yeah <laughs> yeah so we'll move on to question two in the category of two sport athletes what player has the NCAA record for the highest rushing yards per carry in a season in 1939 with 12.2? Eight years later, he would achieve a much more notable feat in a different sport. We're checked in. Time to nap has checked in. Tradition, just like many others. Feel free to talk it out. I, I have a thought on this one. Um, okay. I know Jackie Robinson was a two-sport star at UCLA. Uh, he played football and baseball. 47 would have been when he debuted for the Dodgers. So I think it's Jackie Robinson. Okay, let's check that one in. All right, checked in with Jackie Robinson for how many points? 100. For uh, 100 points. Time and out. Your answer and wager, please. Yeah, I wrote a question on Jackie Robinson and learned a lot more about him other than, you know, the, the color barrier, barrier stuff. Um, so we also checked in with Jackie Robinson for 100 points. Both teams are getting 100 points. Once again, it is uh, Jackie Robinson. And uh, it's really interesting that of his kind of collegiate stats, baseball was his worst. His only season there, he batted 097. But his first game, he went four for four, four for four and stole home twice. So great debut and then just kind of fizzled out after that. But yeah, 1947 was when he made his debut with the Brooklyn Dodgers. Now we move on to the third question in the category of vital information. Dick Vitale, although most well-known for commentating basketball, spent just over one season as the head coach of what NBA franchise before being fired in 1979? So we'll, uh, we'll check in. 
Hyman App has checked in tradition, just like many others, you can go ahead and discuss. Matt, yeah. you hopped on a team pretty quick. Yeah, I don't know what I don't have a lot of knowledge about this, but for some reason I immediately associate him with the Detroit Pistons. So I hope that's right. Now I'm second guessing myself about whether that's right or not. Well, if that's the first thing that popped into your head, that's better than the complete blank slate that just popped into my head. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's not Duke as much as everybody would like to think that. Yeah. The only other thing that I'm now thinking is if it's one of the, the, what were the Pacific? Well, I guess either Seattle or Washington, but I don't think that's right. I, uh, I think it's the Pistons. I think we should stick with our first thought. Yep, I'm good with that. Let's check in with that. We'll check in with the Pistons for 50 points. Okay, and time and app, your answer and wager. Yeah, I was uh, kind of, I kind of had the one sitting in my head. Eric sent over Pistons or Pacers. It, I'm pretty sure it is the Pistons. So we're either both right or both wrong. So we went with the Pistons for 100 points. Um, so his NBA record was 34 and 60. Um, he got fired 12 games into the season. Um, and the four seasons prior to that, he was the coach for the University of Detroit. And so the correct answer is the Detroit Pistons. Nice, nice poll. Moving on to the fourth question in the category of female first. Who is the first woman to play in the NHL, joining the Tampa Bay Lightning in an exhibition game in 1992, mostly as a publicity stunt? We can check in. Time and app has checked in in just under a second. Tradition, just like many others. Go ahead and discuss. So we batted around a lot of names of female hockey players for a few hours before we checked in here. Um, so, and a little, <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about what probably won't show up on here, but he put something in the chat to Bombeck earlier and said, I bet it's this. And to that, it keyed me to think there's only one female hockey player name that I can think of. And I bet that's what he just put in the chat to Bombeck. We're going to bet a hundred points to protect ourselves from Eid, and we think it's Menon Rayom. Okay, checking with that for 100 points. And Eid, go ahead and tell us what your record time answer was. So you have, to, I now have to rewrite like the, the latest game I've written. This is a question in my fourth quarter. Um, <laughs> so I have to scrap that now. Uh, but we checked in for 100 points with Menon Rayom. Both teams are correct. It is Menon Rayom. That's the pronunciation I found. I don't know which one it actually is. Um, she was also very decorated. She won the silver medal for Canada in the 98 Olympics as well. She was all over the cover of Sports Illustrated for Kids. I remember. I had about 400 of her hockey cards. So, <laughs> On the ceiling of your bedroom? She was, she was easy on the ice. <laughs> she was easy on the ice. She was, she was definitely a Julie the Cat Gaffney. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I refuse to acknowledge that reference. <laughs> <laughs> Like if they made a uh, a movie about her, Sandra Bullock would play her. That's really what it would be like. That can Sandra Bullock skate? She couldn't act, but she was in The Blind Side and won an Oscar. So, <laughs> <laughs> ooh, teed that one up for you. You're welcome. Yeah. All right, we're gonna do a quick score check before our final question because the scores, as they stand, are tradition, just like many others, with 760 and. I'm going to use this time to nap with 1,030. Right where we want them. <laughs> Final question of the fourth quarter is in the category of sounds like a threat. What Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame coach 
who won the 1978 Division II NCAA tournament while coaching Cheney State, threatened to kill John Calipari during a post-game press conference in 1994, alleging that Calipari manipulated the refs to win the game. We're going to check in. Tradition, just like many others, has checked in. I'm going to use this time to nap. Talk it out. Yeah, is this like kind of a trick question? I, well, I don't know if it's a trick question, but it's well, it kind, kind of, of it's, it's a clever would, it's a clever question. Why would you Why would you think John Cheney was the coach of Cheney? State? Well, you wouldn't necessarily <laughs> think that, but uh, but I do remember John Cheney threatening Calipari because that was when he was at Temple, right? When he coached yeah, Temple. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's if we both were going there. I think uh, I'm right. I'm like ninety nine point some percent. Sure. I remember him having a thing with Calipari, but I don't remember him saying he was going to kill him. Oh yeah. It was, that's, that's a sweet spot for me. That's like my uh, sophomore year of college. So. All right. Let's, let's check in with John Chaney for 100 points. Okay. Checking in with John Chaney for a hundred and tradition, just like many others, your answer and wager. Well, wait, I remember this press conference from him shouting, out that he was going to kill him from the other side of the room while Calipari was up at the podium. Um, I couldn't remember for the life of me if it was John Chaney and then Matt was like, well, is it Lon Chaney? And I'm like, no, that's the guy that coached Oklahoma this year. He's like, no, that's Lon Kruger. Let's just check in with Chaney. So we just <laughs> checked in with Chaney for 60 points. All right. Um, so this was almost directly in the middle of his 22 year career with this school. Um, he called Calipari an Italian SOB and then said he would knock your effing kids in the mouth. Um, so it was very heated, as you can tell. And at first, I was going to name this question Stupid Answers because the answer is in the question, technically, because it is John Cheney, although spelled differently. But John Cheney is the correct answer. The, uh, the Italian SOB, my favorite Subway sandwich. <laughs> oh, by the way, Lon Cheney is an actor. Yeah, yeah. We, yes. we eventually figured that out. You got there. Okay, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> Literally the last thing I typed. So okay. they're all the same good. person. Good. The game has come to an end. Here are the final scores. A tradition, just like many others, scored a respectable 820 points. But today's clipboard captains of the game who are receiving the coveted Rohan Davy Award. With 1,130 points, which is a new bench warmer record, is I'm going to use this time to nap. Congratulations. Well done. I see that Eric really didn't nap um, because he set an all-time record. Or if he did, that's even more impressive. It's my flu game. <laughs> uh, Pizza game. This mostly was, was Eric, so I, I, I get to ride coattails. So apparently when Eric is tired, because he's done this before, where he's like, oh, I'm so tired, and then he just dominates, so. I legit did fall asleep before I came down. <laughs> My wife wakes like... me up. She's like, it's 11, or I'm sorry, it was 155. I'm just like, oh, I got time. <laughs> <laughs> I still got a couple minutes. Call your baby before games I play against you and ask them very nicely to sleep through the night. <laughs> Please. I'll take a loss if it means I get to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh first off i want to thank matt for joining us and thank you for being an assistant coach on patreon um is there anything you'd like to say before we wrap uh, it up here just thanks for everything you all do i mean the amount of content you put out is really kind of amazing 
uh, gets me through a lot of days. So appreciate all that. Eric, I thought we played a great game. Uh, we really just ran into Baylor shooting 800% from three in the final, but it really just kind of crushed us. So, uh, but yeah, it was fun and I hope to be back again in the future. Yeah, we basically faced the trivia equivalent of the first like 10 minutes of that national championship game for the entire game. Yeah, it was pretty rough. <laughs> I mean, I, they only missed like two, one question the entire game. One question and they didn't get them. They missed three out of the maximum for five on five, but otherwise, yeah, as best you could do. I was really proud at the beginning. I'm like, hey, it's going to be a good day when I pulled Tim Biaka Batuka and then now look at me. Yeah. I'll tell no. you. It happens. Yeah. So, so Matt, uh, Matt and I have a have a history going way back to uh, sports trivia face off, where when I have to go against him one on one without a partner like <laughs> Ede, um, I don't ever stand much of a chance. I actually had to face him twice because the first time the recording didn't record, and I was actually okay with that because I think at least <laughs> the second time I performed a little better. But uh, Matt, thanks, uh, thanks a lot. You are. Uh, yeah, anytime if I had to go one on one against you, one on one against most people, I would I would lose. <laughs> but, uh, um, thanks for coming on. Thanks for being a supporter. And yeah, we'll definitely have you back on again. Um, no doubt about it. It was fun. We'll get him back. We'll get him back. Maybe. Probably. <laughs> well, this is actually a Matt. First time Matt was on, he beat me. So this is kind of my. That's right. Game. Oh, I did. I had that written down in case he he did win. It'd be two zero against Eid. <laughs> You know, which is small feet. Yeah, well, there were no questions about any dirty, rotten rhymers in this game. So, really, I think that was the problem. That was the difference in the first time. So, <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening to the Bench Warmers Trivia Podcast. And until next time, we'll keep the bench warm. That ball hit high and deep. Stretch. Stretch. Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the ball. Yes. Yes. Into deep left center for Mitchell, and we'll see you tomorrow night. That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him for producing that music for us. You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at Benchwarmers TP. Get sucks ass. Oh, sorry. We still recording. He sucks. No, he sucks, and he's dead. Who, who are we talking about? Skip. 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 You can't yeah. say that, Skip. <laughs> Everything in my life is just for a hot take. Hold on a minute. Oh. What What now? <laughs> no, it's just that Skip Bayless' oh. life. Oh. Sold his, I thought I was sold waiting his for soul you to, for a hot take. I was waiting for you to have another one. Well, his takes oh, aren't even hot. Ready? Here's a hot take. Skip Bayless is the equivalent of Josh Allen. I was so, waiting. I was going to say, is there some kind of connection with Josh Allen and Skip Bayless? Highly rated? Is that what you mean? <laughs> oh. Probably borderline probably, elite, uh, probably uh, on math. <laughs> Kids don't do math often at unless, all, at unless all. it's about to go bad. No, and then make sure no, no, you no, use no, it up. No, 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 it's not want There's, not. No, 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 don't even don't want any. Don't, don't even get any that could expire. <laughs> Stay what, away. What, what if your meth head father dies and he leaves you like a pound of meth? You're not gonna just you're gonna do it in his honor. Okay, fine. No, don't do it. Go sell it. Oh, so we can oh, sell meth. All right. Hey kids, sell meth. <laughs> if your dad dies. Only if Only he you. Your mom, it doesn't matter. It's no. just your dad. Oh, you know, I take it back. 
nothing to do with meth or any other every, illicit drugs. Every it's Disney princess should say meth. no. 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 Just say no. 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 Maybe. My wife just sent me a video of my smaller dog humping my larger dog. Okay. I don't know why, don't know why she videotaped that. Somebody play the breaking news sounder. <laughs> NSFW. Right? It's consensual, I swear. Because all the big one has to do is just get up and walk away. <laughs>